0: we are in uncharted and unprecedented territory here that the process has broken down, reflecting what is happening in our nation generally. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. To the left me, to the right Here I am, stuck in the middle with you yep. yes, I'm stuck From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles This is The broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA In Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ And in Cottage Grove on Queso, In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI In Maui, Hawaii on KAKU Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR, in New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Seattle, Washington's KODX, Red Bluff and Redding, California's KFOI, round mountain california's kkrn and minneapolis st paul's am 950 ktnf we also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day for your listening convenience on the internets on the progressive voices channel netroots radio indie media weekly fyi nation nicole Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Workforce Rising and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth. Five days a week, I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all around swell fellow, says me from BradBlog.com. Here, of course, with the Energizer Battery known <laughs> as Desi Doyen. How are you, Des?
1: I'm okay. Going to make it. That's what I hope for. We're all going to make it, right? (laughs) Yes, we are. Okay,
0: thank you very much. Good to know. At least three people were killed, however, in a shooting on Thursday at the Fifth Third Center in Cincinnati's Fountain Square. According to Cincinnati Police Chief Elliot Isaac, the suspect is also dead, said Isaac. Two others were injured, he said. The shooting began uh, shortly after 9 a.m. The gunman entered a loading dock, opened fire before going into the lobby of the building where three or four police officers engaged him. There was uh, gunfire exchanged, and um, apparently the shooter was killed. The The motive for the shooting remains unclear at this hour. Cincinnati Mayor John Cranley said in a news conference, quote, This is not normal, and it shouldn't be viewed as normal. This is abnormal. No other industrialized country has this level of active multiple shootings on a regular basis. I think there's something deeply sick at work here. He said hard wow. to uh, hard to argue with that. And um, the, the fact that this story today is barely a blip in the news, uh, you know, a gunman walks in, starts firing everywhere. It, if it, it certainly is not normal, it certainly should not be normal. But, uh, you know, uh, what is not normal? Everything, everything right now is not normal. Everything going on is not normal, or at least it did not used to be. And I hope that whatever is going on that has made everything not normal can end someday. To that end, the best thing that uh, we can do here, I think, is to vote like crazy this November 6th. Voters are doing just that today in Delaware's statewide primary, where uh, unfortunately and shamefully the state forces voters on Election Day to cast their vote across the entire state. On 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting system. So, whatever the results are tomorrow, they will likely stay the results, accurate or otherwise. We'll um, have any noteworthy results or problem reports on our next broadcast. On that, and coming up in a bit, we've been buried in the Kavanaugh hearings in the U.S. Senate for the last few days. But there's been quite a bit of voting and election news in recent days that will be important this November and beyond. So I'm going to try to give try to give short shrift to everything else today uh, to focus on some of that news in a little bit, since it's not being covered elsewhere. And speaking of things not being covered elsewhere, a little bit later today, we've got our 900th. 900th episode of the Green News Report.
1: Yay! Us! 900 episodes. My God.
0: (laughs) And, uh, by the way, after connecting the climate change dots over your public airwaves for 900 episodes, the climate is also uh, decidedly not normal. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. uh, And continues to wreak havoc at this point across the globe. So we'll be covering that. And... um, I won't be getting any less havocy, so to speak, or more normal anytime soon, at least if Brett Kavanaugh is seated on the U.S. Supreme Court, as we will also discuss in today's 900th GNR. Uh, but speaking of Kavanaugh and not normal, I know we'll most likely be covering the hearings and more as uh, Kavanaugh's uh, nomination his confirmation uh, moves forward to what is likely his inevitable seating by Republicans soon enough. But Desi Doyen, in addition to working on today's GNR, you have been up since uh, ridiculous o'clock out <laughs> here on the West Coast following day three of the Senate Judiciary Committee confirmation hearings. And very quickly, if that's even possible... Uh, What jumped out at you today as the most notable news coming out of these hearings?
1: Um, Well, you know, he continues his pattern of deflecting on really important issues like the scope of presidential powers and a woman's right to choose her own reproductive, make her own reproductive choices on voting rights, on racial profiling, on his uh, uh, involvement in torture discussions at the George Bush White House. But you know what? If you have any questions about how to coach a kid's soccer team, he has answers for you. Oh, yeah.
0: Happy to talk about that.
1: Oh yeah, he's big on that. Um, So to me, though, the big story from all of these hearings this week has been the dissembling of Senate Republicans. Um, So they've been materially misrepresenting how they have been perverting this process. They've rammed through these hearings. They've withheld more than 90% of documents related to Kavanaugh's record. Um, They have been releasing tens of thousands of documents overnight with just hours for senators to review them. Uh, They've been cutting out the traditional role of the national archives in producing those documents and instead you might have heard this name bill burke he's a private attorney he was george bush's personal attorney during the white house and he is the one in charge now of screening what documents the senators get to see what documents get to be released publicly he is an unelected private citizen and he's also currently representing former white house advisor steve bannon And current White House counsel Don McGahn.
0: And he gets to decide what documents can be made public uh, as the senators are concerned about uh, Brett Kavanaugh uh, sitting in judgment eventually of Donald Trump. Uh, Yes, it's just it's it's mind boggling. Play the uh, I think we have this uh, clip of uh, Senator. uh, We we opened with it here. Who was this? Uh, Uh, Senator Senator Richard Blumenthal from uh, Connecticut, Connecticut, which just sort of underscores how insane all of this is uh, and how insane all of everything seems to be right now. We are in uncharted and unprecedented territory here that the process has broken down. Reflecting what is happening in our nation generally, and particularly in the last couple of days with the publication of a new book and an op ed that indicate very serious chaos and breakdown in other parts of government. Yeah, and we'll talk about that uh, shortly uh, as well. But um, Cory Booker and a uh, senator from New Jersey, Democratic senator, and uh, some of the other senators said enough is enough on these documents that they have seen. Many of them have seen themselves as they're marked committee confidential means they can see it, but they can't talk about it. They can't ask Kavanaugh about it. Right,
1: because that's a public forum, so they can't even ask them, ask him about it. So today um, on the Senator Cory Booker and Senator Mazie Hirono of Hawaii and, of course, other Democratic senators also followed along with this. They actually released some of those withheld documents of Kavanaugh's that were labeled as Committee Confidential because they say look, we want the public to see. The public needs to know and see for themselves when they read these documents that there is no justification for Calling these matters of co- of national security, there was no justification for making them confidential.
0: And it led on. Um, well, let's see. On on Wednesday, uh, to a, a line of questioning from uh, Patrick Leahy, a line of question, a, a, a completely separate line of questioning from Yes, Kamala Harris. About stuff that they clearly knew about. They said as much they knew about, but they couldn't, you know, they sort of had to speak around it. Right. And uh, which left everyone wondering well, what. What are they talking about? What are these emails that they have that they have seen that the public cannot see?
1: Yes, it made Republicans very angry, what Senator Kamala Harris did with uh, Kavanaugh on Wednesday night. It's a very uncomfortable video, and I highly recommend going to c to watch it. Uh, Kavanaugh said uh, he did not remember what she was asking him about. You know, did he have any conversations about special counsel Mueller's uh, investigation with anybody who was related to Mark Kasowitz, the Donald
0: Trump's uh, personal attorney. Exactly. So he said
1: he didn't recall and uh, Republicans got very upset about that. And of course, as you've mentioned, if Kavanaugh did have prior conversations with um, anybody from Trump's personal legal team about the Mueller investigation, that's a real problem because he has refused in these hearings to say whether or not he would recuse himself. If he were a justice and a case regarding the Mueller investigation came before. him, And there may
0: be so there may be information that all the senators know about, including the Republican senators, in theory. Right. That the senators aren't allowed to release. I mean, this is again, this is not normal. This is not normal because, you know, all of this is happening at this speed, in this way, simply because Republicans are scared to death. They may lose. Their very slim majority in the U.S. Senate come November, so they're trying to push this thing through as quickly as they can. That after they stole the the, the previous uh, uh, vacancy on the uh, U.S. Supreme Court. Now Cory Booker said enough is enough. He said I'm going to release some. Uh, I'm going to release some of these files anyway, knowing full well that if the Senate wanted to, the Senate could actually expel him for releasing committee confidential documents. He said he didn't care. He felt that these were of public interest, and he was willing to take that risk and allow his fellow colleagues to vote him out, to expel him from the U.S. Senate if they really wanted to. I think the public should understand that at a moment that somebody's up for a lifetime appointment, that this issue, does the public have a right to know this is not about the Presidential Records Act, not a violation of Senate rules, sir. I hope that they will bring charges against us, and I'm ready to accept the full responsibility for what I have done, the consequences for what I have done, and I stand by the public's right to have access to this document and know this nominee's views on issues that are so profoundly important like race in the law, torture and other issues.
1: Now, I have not had a chance to review those emails, but uh, based on reporting from our friends and legal experts like Ian Milheiser at Think Progress and Mark Joseph Stern over at Slate, that the documents that are being leaked are revealing about Kavanaugh's position on abortion rights and affirmative action and racial profiling, corporate power and regulations, civil rights, voting rights, all of that stuff, though it is revealing these are things that he has been unwilling to be specific about, um, even just Basic yes or no questions in the hearings,
0: and realize we're not just uh, talking about debating uh, Kavanaugh's record, his fitness to serve on the court in a lifetime appointment, which will, uh, you know, shift the court hard to the right. We're talking about even access to the information so that we can review his record so that the public can know who this guy is that's what they're holding back that's what they're trying to keep uh, the American people from seeing
1: and they're misrepresenting how they're doing it the Republicans are pretending as if this is normal procedure but then the Democrats in all of these hearings have had to speak up and say no it's not when I was chairman we did it completely differently we all agreed in advance what the ground rules would be and we voted on them you guys did not do that
0: by the way minutes after Cory Booker went ahead had and released uh, some of those documents. One of them had to do with, uh, I think, Kavanaugh's uh, thoughts on racial profiling. Right. The chair of the committee, Chuck Grassley, went ahead and released those documents as well. Yeah. So, I mean, the... uh,
1: It's really remarkable, and, you know, we are seeing that, yes, Kavanaugh is, as his public record suggests, a dedicated Republican political operative, and he has very hard right views.
0: All right, we we will get back to uh, Kavanaugh, I suspect, in the coming days, no doubt, uh, as the uh, hearings continue and the debate continues uh, over his uh, confirmation. But as we predicted last night... When the uh, story broke towards the end of our show, the fallout from the stunning anonymous op-ed by a senior official in the Trump administration published in The New York Times late on Wednesday Uh, has been explosive, I think, to say the least. The column from a self-described member of a, quote, quiet resistance within the administration charges that Trump is unmoored from reality that uh, top officials must work to counter his impulsive half-baked ill-informed and occasionally reckless decisions in order to quote contain the worst and most dangerous of them the author also asserts that cabinet officials had at one time considered invoking the 25th amendment to remove the Trump uh, to, to remove Trump from office given the quote instability many witnessed But apparently they decided against it in order to avoid, quote, a constitutional crisis. So, yeah, speaking of (laughs) nothing is normal here, according to reports from The Washington Post, The New York Times and Politico today, the hours that uh, following the publication of The Times op ed catapulted an already tumultuous White House into a state of, quote, total meltdown. Trump's volcanic anger and abs, quote, absolutely livid, that's the post words, uh, reaction to the op-ed sent top aides like Chief of Staff John Kelly, who, by the way, could be this anonymous staffer, it- it sent him scuttling to sniff out the uh, renegade, according to the, uh, to the Times, which reported that aides have already produced a list of at least six possible culprits, But, uh, yeah, this appears to be driving Trump crazy, and that's not a very long drive. He is convinced that whoever this person is is involved in national security or a member of the Justice Department. One former White House official who uh, remains in contact with ex-colleagues told The Post, it's like the horror movies when everyone realizes the call is coming from inside the House. Just exactly what we said yesterday when this came out. (laughs) Wow. the publication of the anonymous note of uh, dissent has uh, only added to Trump's increased sense of paranoia, according to The Post, and has pushed the president, who was already feeling vulnerable following reports on Bob Woodward's new book, to question even his closest allies. Only his children remain trusted confidants, according to a Trump friend in, uh, in The Post. Trump's reaction on Twitter Wednesday night, not long after the op-ed was published, was somewhat predictable uh, in that it was somewhat insane. First, he tweeted uh, one one word, all caps, treason, question mark. Well, nice try, Mr. Trump, but no, not even close to treason, insubordination, maybe, but not treason I mean, who is the enemy being aided and abetted here uh, that that would make an anonymous op-ed in the New York Times treason?
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, are you talking about actual definitions of words? Those are things that Donald Trump is not familiar with.
0: Uh, or legal concepts, constitutional concepts. Any of it. Uh, I guess the enemy uh, maybe is the American people here. Well, Trump may be at war with the American people, but I'm pretty sure that is still not treason. As uh, as I believe we also predicted in response to this yesterday, Trump began suggesting that the person uh, who wrote this article in The Times isn't even real, that it was entirely made up by The New York Times. Trump went on to tweet, does the so-called senior administration official really exist Or is it just the failing New York Times with another phony source? If the gutless anonymous person does indeed exist, the Times must, for national security purposes, turn him or her over to the government at once. For what? Why would they possibly do that in any world? Turn them over to the government.
1: That's not how this works. That's not how any uh, of this works.
0: What a maroon. Pushing back against the explosive reports that his own administration is conspiring against him. On Thursday, Trump lashed out against the anonymous senior official who wrote the New York Times opinion piece claiming to be part of the resistance Perhaps as striking as the essay was the recognition of the long list of administration officials who plausibly could have been its author, says uh, AP. Many now have privately shared some of the same very same concerns that were expressed about the president in that column uh, with colleagues and with friends and reporters. Washington has been... Um, uh, what AP describes is consumed by a wild guessing game as to the identity of the writer and everyone in the Trump administration is now trying to deny it. It wasn't them. Uh, That would be including uh, Vice President Mike Pence, at least his office, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Dan Coats, Director of National Intelligence. Coates's denial was followed by denials from Defense Secretary Jim Mattis, Housing Secretary Ben Carson, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, Budget Director Mick Mulvaney, Energy Secretary Rick Perry, UN Ambassador Nikki Haley, DHS Secretary Kirsten Nielsen, on and on and on, White House counsel Don McGahn and others. With several prominent administration members delivering on-the-record denials, saying uh, that they didn't do it, now that means the focus could fall onto other senior aides uh, to do the same. With questions raised about those who may stay silent. Although, why would anyone stay silent? Just deny. Just do what Donald Trump does. And lie. Trump uh, remained furious today, uh, tweeting this morning that, quote, the deep state and the left and their vehicle, the fake news media, are going crazy and they don't know what to do. They're going crazy.
1: I think he's projecting
0: again. They don't know what to do. Uh Associated Press uh, reports that to some observers, the ultimatum that uh, was tweeted by Trump on Wednesday night for the writer to be turned over to the government at once, at once, is he king or something? That That even that appeared to play into the very concerns about the president's impulses that was raised by the essay's author. Trump has demanded that aides identify the leaker that, according to two people familiar with the matter, who uh, spoke on the condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to speak. In other words, those two administration uh, officials were leakers as well. This, of course, is being covered bigly elsewhere today, uh, as expected when the story broke last night at the end of the show. So for now, uh, just one point I want to get from uh, from the AP coverage here that you may already appreciate, but I think it's worth noting here for the record, or at, at least by way of warning, Former CIA Director John Brennan. And this, you know, keep this in mind, because I know that a lot of uh, Trump opponents are just delighted to see his presidency seemingly falling apart from within at this point. But former CIA Director John Brennan, uh, who has been a huge critic of Trump, uh, called the op-ed, quote, active insubordination, born out of loyalty to the country, but added, this is not sustainable to have an executive branch where individuals are not following the orders of the chief executive. He said on the Today Show, I do think things will get worse before they get better. I don't know how Donald Trump is going to react to this, but he added a wounded lion is a very dangerous animal. And I think Donald Trump is wounded. So no, none of this is even close to normal. And it could get scary in the days ahead. Let's take a quick break here and cover some of the news regarding the uh, the attempt of uh, Americans to do something, anything about this abnormality this fall. Exactly two months from today, when I hope that we will all be heading to the voting booth to lend our own voices to this continuing and worsening madness Election news is straight ahead, and later our 900th Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the (laughs) Bradcast.
1: And thanks.
0: He's found down, loaded up and trucking. Are we gonna do what they say can not be done? We've got a long way to go, and a short time to get there. I'm East Founders, what right don't run. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. That, of course, is the great theme song from Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, Burt Reynolds, the Riley appealing Hollywood heartthrob, as the New York Times called him, has died at 82 today. Spokesman for Reynolds' agent confirmed the death. No other details were immediately provided. A, a self-mocking charmer, they call him, with laugh-crinkled dark eyes, a rakish mustache and a hairy chest that he often bared on screen. (laughs) Reynolds did not always win the respect of critics, but for many years he ruled the box office as few, if any, stars had done before him. Reynolds inspired a wide range of responses over his long erratic career, critical acclaim and critical scorn, commercial success and box office bombs score in scores of movies Ranging from uh, lightweight fare like The Cannonball Run and, yes, Smokey and the Bandit, to more serious films like The Longest Yard, The Man Who Loved Cat Dancing. He was uh, nominated for an Oscar, finally, for Boogie Nights, the great Paul Thomas Anderson film about the pornography industry. He won an Emmy Award for the TV series Evening Shade. Uh, and uh, received, of course, much high praise for his starring role in Deliverance. By the way, if you've never seen Boogie Nights, you should. It's an amazing film, and his per- uh, Reynolds performance was fantastic in it. Yes. Uh, along with dozens of others in that film, but he really stood out. He uh, he he once uh, said, "I I well he said I once said I'd rather have a Heisman Trophy than an Oscar." He had played uh, football in college, and then he later wrote, "I lied." <laughs> uh, he through it all presented a genial persona says AP often the first to make fun of his own conflicted image he told the New York Times in 1978 I think I'm the only movie star who's a movie star in spite of his pictures not because of them I've had some real turkeys that is true <laughs> and he added uh, in his 2015 biography I may not be the best actor in the world but I'm the best Burt Reynolds in the world Burt Reynolds, dead at 82. He will be missed. All right. Uh, sad day when uh, the sad news is like the most fun news that we have of the day.
1: But we can celebrate and appreciate him, so there's that.
0: There is that. Well, speaking of uh, elections, as I promised, a new type of dirty trick. Yes, the dirty tricks are now underway as we are officially two months out from the crucial November Midterm elections, a new type of dirty trick has entered one of the most closely watched Senate races in the country. On Wednesday, an unidentified volunteer for Beto O'Rourke, the Texas Democrat who is running neck and neck, really, at this point against incumbent Republican Senator Ted Cruz. This volunteer apparently gained access to the campaign's mass texting system and sent a series of unauthorized messages to O'Rourke's supporters. Quote, We are in search of volunteers to help transport undocumented immigrants to polling booths so that they will be able to vote. Read one of the messages, which claimed to be from an O'Rourke volunteer named Patsy. Would you be able to support this grassroots efforts? A second message also sent by the uh, same purported volunteer claimed that the campaign was conducting an internal poll and asked recipients for their opinions on, quote, the dangers of socialism. Hmm. So uh, screenshots of those text messages then somehow began circulating on social media on Wednesday Campaign spokesperson for O'Rourke blamed them on an imposter, said that uh, that was not an an approved message by the campaign. Cruz and other Republicans have criticized O'Rourke, who uh, the Times notes now stands within spitting distance of Mr. Cruz in recent statewide polls. Uh, They've criticized him as being weak on immigration and supporting socialist policies. Cruz's campaign denied any involvement in those uh, text messages because, of course, they did. Republicans would never do anything like that, right?
1: Right, Carl Rove?
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, it, it, it's not just uh, the dirty tricks of the political operatives out there. It's also the courts. And uh, they are also uh, making it harder for all of us to have a clean election, <laughs> at least they're going to try, up in Michigan. Straight ticket voting will not be available as an option in the November 6th general election under a federal appeals court ruling released late on Wednesday. Presuming, I should add, uh, that the U.S. Supreme Court breaks with their own precedent to allow this late ruling if it's appealed, which I suspect it will be, the U.S. Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals in a two-to-one decision Marked by a sharply worded dissent, blocked uh, blocked a ruling by a federal judge, a lower federal judge in Detroit, that would have struck down a 2016 law passed by the Republican-controlled legislature to ban straight-ticket voting in Michigan. So uh, let me make sure all of that is clear. So you're allowed to vote straight-ticket, or you had been allowed for many years, decades, I think, in Michigan, straight-ticket, walk-in, vote for... Democrats and it selects all the Democrats or Republicans and selects all the Republicans that had been allowed until the Republicans decided they didn't like that anymore. Too many people voting Democratic. It's too easy. So in 2016, they passed a law that banned straight ticket voting. That ban was appealed and a federal judge uh, looked at it and struck it down as unconstitutional. I'll I'll explain why in a moment. Uh, And then that uh, that ruling was then appealed, and the appellate court, in a split decision, said, Nope, the ban can stand. So we are now back to straight-ticket voting being banned. Initially, uh, U.S. District Judge Gershwin Drain, who was appointed by Barack Obama, declared the law unconstitutional. This was uh, last month. Following a bench trial, Drain said that the ban on straight-ticket voting presents a disproportionate burden on African-Americans' right to vote, partly because in Michigan's most populous counties there is a strong correlation that was shown during the trial between the size of the black population and the use of straight-ticket voting. Many clerks, and I I should add, only because this uh, comes into the story here in a second, but uh, Judge Gershwin Drain is himself African-American. Many uh, local clerks said that a ban on straight-ticket voting could result in lengthy delays to vote in cities like Detroit and Flint. So the local clerks were against b- this ban on straight-ticket voting as well. But Republican Secretary of State Ruth Johnson appealed Judge Drain's ruling, and late Wednesday the Sixth Circuit granted the state's official motion to stay the ruling, meaning it is uh, that lower court ruling is without effect So the ban will stay in place as the appeal continues. But the Sixth Circuit, in putting a hold on that ruling, said that Johnson is likely to prevail in her appeal and therefore straight ticket voting will be banned in Michigan this November, at least at this moment. The majority on the uh, appeals court said that Drain, quote, likely committed clear error when he found that the plaintiffs That would be the Michigan State A. Philip Randolph Institute and other uh, Michigan individual Michigan voters that uh, the plaintiffs had shown that the Michigan legislature, quote, intentionally discriminated against African-Americans in passing the law. That's what the federal court said two to one, that the lower court, the the appeals court uh, said that the lower court had committed error when after a trial when they found that this was done in order to keep African Americans from voting, the panel rejected evidence from the plaintiffs that it would take about three minutes or twenty five percent longer to vote by marking each individual uh, for those uh, who who normally vote by straight ticket, and that the longer voting times for those voters would del- would result in delays for all voters. The ruling on Wednesday said that many states have banned straight-ticket voting in recent years and um, that the alleged evils of eliminating Michigan's uh, straight-ticket voting system seems unlikely to outweigh the ability of the state to make public policy choice that is common among all 50 states. So, the makeup of this court in this two-to-one decision, the appellate court, Judge Danny Boggs, A white guy appointed by Ronald Reagan. He wrote the majority opinion. He was joined by Judge Raymond Kethledge, a white guy appointed by George W. Bush. And Judge Bernice Donald, an African-American woman appointed by Barack Obama, dissented. So, yes, elections matter. Uh, Once again, you had both of the African-American judges uh, to have heard this case so far said that uh, this 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 ban is unlawful and will prevent African Americans from being able to vote,
1: but hey, the Republican Secretary of State of Michigan wants it to take longer to vote
0: uh, well, apparently, apparently she doesn't mind. <laughs> and uh, we'll see what what price we end up paying this November. Michigan has already uh, paid a price for all kinds of uh, chicanery. And by the way, even though Donald Trump is said to have won in the state of Michigan back in 2016 by some 10,000 votes. First time a Republican has won that state in decades. um, We were never allowed to count all of the hand-marked paper ballots that were cast across the state of Michigan in 2016. And as of, let's see, yes, this weekend we will now be at the 22-month federal statutory deadline when all of those ballots in Michigan and all the other 49 states can now be destroyed. We talked a few days ago uh, about some sort of good news in Michigan in that a Democratic-aligned political action committee has asked for copies of all of the ballots cast in the uh, 2016 presidential election. And that will therefore put a hold for the moment on the possibility of those or at least it should l- legally uh, on the possibility of those ballots being destroyed in Michigan, uh, but only in Michigan. Right. As far as I know, I've asked the group if they intend to file similar public requests in uh, in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania And they had told me a week or so ago that, yes, they were looking at that. I don't know if they have done so yet, and now the deadline is upon us. So we'll see. Those Michigan, uh, I'm sorry, those Wisconsin ballots, I suspect, will end up disappearing very quickly, if not. Uh, In her dissent in the Michigan case, Judge Donald said the panel's ruling, quote, ignores the 150 years of shameful and painful history Of disenfranchisement, suppression, and dilution of African American voters, and the overt and covert mechanisms used to achieve that objective. She said the panel should have given more deference to the factual findings that were made during the trial by Judge Drain. She writes, it is indisputable that the elimination of straight straight party voting will amount to increased wait times for voters in Michigan. Secretary of State Johnson applauded the ruling, um, the split ruling by the appeals courts and said, quote, for too long, important ballot questions and nonpartisan offices, including judges of all types, were skipped over by people who marked a straight ticket thinking they had voted their full ballot. So she's very concerned about those down ticket races The uh, Republican secretary of state there, Uh, apparently not as concerned about the, uh, I want to say, 150,000 or so voters who the optical scanned computers in Michigan, 150,000 voters who went to vote on Election Day in the presidential election, but failed to choose any candidate for president about 150,000 undervotes for president
1: And we'll never know 2016, why or what happened. At
0: least as reported by the computers. Yep. Yep. And by the way, I'm no fan of straight ticket voting. So uh, uh, if they got rid of it, I don't have a huge problem with it. Then again, I wasn't sitting on the trial watching uh, the evidence and, and how it will affect various communities and so forth. Uh, but here's my question. In recent years, when changes to election law like this were made, This late before an election by a court, even if the change was meant to, for example, block the disenfranchisement of thousands of voters, if it was done this late before an election, the U.S. Supreme Court, when it was appealed to them, had been blocking such changes under what they refer to as the Purcell principle, that it's just... Too late before an election. Sure, you might protect the votes of thousands of voters, but it's too late. It would cause havoc and chaos at the polling place if we made the change this late. So they have overturned rulings from other courts, you know, this late in the game. So if they're going to be consistent about a precedent, I'd assume they will block this federal appeals ruling in Michigan until after the election. Right Uh, We will see. Election law expert uh, Rick Hassan says with the court currently uh, at a four to four uh, balance, uh, he uh, he wouldn't be surprised if there was a tie as far as that goes. And if there's a tie, then the the last uh, federal court ruling would stand in this case, which is um, the ban, the ban on straight ticket voting. There you go. We'll see. We'll keep our eyes on that. And uh, meantime, a Richmond circuit court judge in Virginia on Wednesday ordered independent candidate Sean Brown removed from the ballot in Virginia's second uh, congressional district, um, finding that her qualifying petition was tainted by, quote, forgery and, quote, out and out fraud. She was to be an independent candidate for the U.S. House in Virginia's 2nd District. Many of the signatures were gathered by staffers who were working for the incumbent Republican congressman in the 2nd District. Oh, tricky. A man by the name of Scott Taylor. He is seeking his second term. Five current or former staffers for the Republican congressman declined to answer questions in court invoking their Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. A separate criminal probe into the matter is ongoing. This was a civil matter. Uh, The Democratic Party of Virginia, which brought the civil suit against the State Board of Elections, submitted 41 affidavits from people who said their signatures were forged on these petitions to get Sean Brown qualified for the ballot, that's the independent candidate, a, writing, a handwriting expert testified on Wednesday that of 377 signatures collected by Taylor's staffers, again, Taylor is the Republican here, of 377 signatures, at least 146 appeared to be false. The Democratic Party had subpoenaed Taylor to appear at the hearing charging that he wanted brown an african american woman on the ballot as an independent to siphon away votes from his democratic challenger retired navy officer elaine loria but judge uh, gregory roop Granted a motion to quash uh, Taylor's subpoena under a state law that shields sitting members of Congress from being compelled to attend civil court proceedings while the U.S. House is in session. Uh, Must be nice. So he didn't have to appear here. The uh, Republican uh, candidate in this case, whose staffers, five of them. Took the fifth when asked about whether they helped (laughs) collect these fraudulent signatures to try to get an independent on the ballot to take away votes from the Democrat. National Democrats have targeted Taylor's seat as a potential pickup in their effort to regain a majority in the U.S. House of Representatives. Brown, for her part, said Wednesday that she would appeal the judge's ruling, insisting that she knew nothing about the efforts by Taylor's staff and that her own workers had gathered enough valid signatures on their own. The question of Taylor's personal involvement with the petition drive Whether he knew about it or not, whether the sitting congressman knew about it or not, that remained murky at Wednesday's hearing. Apparently, five of his staffers may have known about it, but he didn't. The congressman didn't. Okay, we don't know yet. Some of those staffers invoked the fifth at uh, the prospect of answering whether Taylor himself directed them to mount the signature gathering effort. The signature scandal, which has unfolded with uh, one local news bulletin after another over the past month, so hopefully people in the 2nd District have heard about this, have heard about what's going on. Um, the uh, Washington Post says that may cost Taylor votes in what's bound to be a very close election. Uh, that, according to Quentin Kidd, a uh, political analyst at uh, Christopher Newport University, he said, uh, Jake Rubinstein The Democratic Party of Virginia's communications director said today, Gregory Roop, Judge Gregory Roop in Richmond Circuit Court found forgery, perjury and out and out fraud. Today's decision is a win for the integrity of our elections. Yes, there is still some integrity in our elections. <laughs> yes, there not is not much, but you know, but it's, we're a rem- fighting for it. yeah. it's a
1: reminder to pay attention to your local news uh, because the uh, and and pay attention to signs of dirty tricks and robocalls and uh, misleading, misrepresenting flyers,
0: fake text messages. Fake like text we messages. need your help to bring undocumented aliens <laughs> yeah. to vote. Do uh, you mind helping with this grassroots effort?
1: Yeah, it's about to get really nasty. So pay attention. Speak so, up.
0: <laughs> so where we are, we're not to the really nasty part I know. yet. We're not it's even there just, yet. We're still two started. months away. I'm also reminded, by the way, for all of the pretend claims uh, by Republicans that Democrats are committing, uh, you know, fraud, massive voter fraud. This is, you know, their old sawhorse for years. I'm reminded of very similar petition signature fraud from folks like Newt Gingrich. Remember this during his short-lived presidential run back in uh, in in twenty twelve? Oh, yeah. yeah, he failed to get on the ballot in Virginia, same place. Uh, after a staffer turned in some 1500. One of his staffers, one of Newt Gingrich's staffers. Now I remind you, Newt Gingrich is one of the guys running around claiming that uh, Acorn is out uh, stealing elections. Uh with I don't even know how they were fraudulent. They were signing up fraudulent voters and then the fraudulent voters were going and voting. And yet no one has ever found any single ballot anywhere in the United States in all of these years that was fraudulently cast, that was uh, cast thanks to an improper registration by a, an acorn worker. Nonetheless, while Newt Gingrich is running around, Pretending that Acorn was stealing elections, his own staffer went out and turned in some 1,500 fraudulent signatures in the state of Virginia. Just like uh, the staffers from uh, uh, this uh, Taylor guy, Scott Taylor, congressman, sitting congressman. And now, uh, and I recall, by the way, another one. Gingrich wasn't the only one. Former Congressman Thaddeus McCotter, do you remember this, of Michigan. He was found to have had fraudulent signatures on his petition for his U.S. House candidacy back in Michigan. Speaking of Michigan, again, a Republican candidate, uh, Republican congressman, I should say, Uh, one who also uh, tried to run, by the way, for president in 2012. Anyway, he had uh, fraudulent signatures on his petition for the U.S. House. He ended up resigning his, uh, his seat, resigning in shame after five... Five of his staffers were charged with 36 federal felony and misdemeanor counts. I could go on and on with uh, GOP election fraud. These same Republicans who are claiming Democrats are out there stealing elections, but uh, one after another, one Republican after another, we've covered. You can go look it up at BradBlog.com. You can go and look at the uh, the election fraud of uh, Mitt Romney. You've heard of him. The uh, voter registration fraud of Ann Coulter down in Florida. So uh, I'll spare you because we have to get to our Green News Report. Go look it up at bradblog.com. But I guess all we can do is uh, keep reporting the stories and uh, we will continue to do so as the election season moves forward. We will also continue reporting Issues that have to do with our environment, which also seems to be collapsing damn near as fast (laughs) as the White House. We'll talk about some of that coming up with Desi Doyen in our 900th Green News Report. Straight ahead, I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. do it. It's the 900th episode. You say welcome back.
1: Uh, welcome back to the Bradcast. I'm Desi Doyen here with my sidekick, Brad Friedman.
0: <laughs> well done.
1: <laughs> and it's our 900th episode of the Green News Report. Of the
0: Green News Report. Uh, By I don't know how many episodes it's been of the Bradcast. We never bothered to count that. It would be
1: just too depressing. I think depressing. we're into the
0: thousands. <laughs> but when it comes to the Green News Report, uh, well, we'll talk a little bit about it after our latest Green News Report. Big polluters clearly have big expectations for you. Brett
1: kavanaugh on the u.s supreme court spells big trouble for environmental standards and climate action plus extreme weather slams into japan and the gulf coast and wisconsin
0: all of that slamming and more straight ahead from bradblog.com i'm brad friedman and
1: i'm desi doyan
0: stand by for six minutes of independent green news politics analysis and snarky comment they want to have windmills
1: all over the place right when the wind doesn't blow what do we do uh we got problems if your house is staring at a windmill, not good. When you hear that noise going round and round and round and you're living with it and then you go crazy after a couple of years.
0: I had no idea the White House was next to a windmill. This is your 900th Green News Report.
1: Not good. going to the sun.
0: Okay, Desi Doyen, it's our 900th episode of the Green News Report. You better make it a good one. No pressure.
1: (laughs) Okay, I'll do my best. First up, Senate Republicans are ramming through confirmation hearings this week for Judge Brett Kavanaugh, President Trump's U.S. Supreme Court nominee, in hopes of swinging the nation's highest court hard right and potentially crippling the government's ability to act on climate change for a generation. In 12 years as a federal appellate court judge, Kavanaugh compiled an extensive record of voting against federal regulations on climate change and air pollution in a number of high-profile cases. Well, of
0: course, that's one of the reasons why he was nominated.
1: Yet, despite his record on his second day of hearings in the Senate on Wednesday, Kavanaugh claimed he's not against all regulations. I'm a skeptic of unauthorized regulation of illegal regulation, of regulation that's outside the bounds of what the laws
0: passed by Congress have said. We don't rewrite those laws. The executive branch also shouldn't be rewriting those laws.
1: In other words, Kavanaugh doesn't believe the Environmental Protection Agency has the authority to regulate greenhouse gas emissions that cause dangerous climate change.
0: Well, that would be news to the existing Supreme Court.
1: Exactly. He thinks that because back when Congress passed the Clean Air Act, it didn't explicitly tell the agency to regulate greenhouse gas emissions, it therefore cannot regulate greenhouse gas emissions.
0: But wasn't the Clean Air Act specifically written to include any dangerous emissions that the EPA may determine in the future?
1: Exactly. The law does have mechanisms to incorporate new emerging threats.
0: That was Congress's intention when they wrote the law.
1: Yes, but Kavanaugh believes the EPA cannot act on global warming now unless Congress acts.
0: Unless they act to... Specifically, rewrite the law.
1: Exactly. The
0: one that already exists.
1: Exactly. The
0: one that he would like us all to ignore.
1: Exactly. Gotcha. Kavanaugh's confirmation would cement a hard-right 5-4 to four majority on the nation's highest court, and that could have very long-term consequences on the federal effort for climate action.
0: Including overturning what the Supreme Court has already determined regarding climate action.
1: Kavanaugh's also indicated he'd obliterate another central tenet of environmental law, the so-called Chevron Doctrine or Chevron Deference, in which federal judges are supposed to defer to federal agency experts and scientists when deciding industry challenges to new pollution regulations. Democratic Senator Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island on Tuesday slammed the coalition of right-wing dark money groups that he says are spending tens of millions of dollars to support Kavanaugh's confirmation.
0: Lots of big Republican influencers are polluters who like to pollute for free. Big polluters clearly have big expectations for you on their deregulatory effort. To me, it's what corporate capture of the courts looks like.
1: Meanwhile, the impacts continue from global warming-intensified extreme weather. Japan this summer has already seen deadly record flooding and deadly record heat waves. And on Tuesday, the strongest typhoon in 25 years, Typhoon Jebby, slammed into Japan's west coast, killing at least nine people as of airtime, ripping buildings apart, and forcing the evacuation of more than a million people. Here in the U.S., Wisconsin's Republican governor. Scott Walker issued a statewide emergency last week after parts of Wisconsin received nearly six months of rain in just two weeks. In southern Wisconsin, the Kickapoo River hit historic flood levels two feet higher than the previous record set back in 2008, causing damage that local officials described as, quote, breathtaking. And more rain is on the way as Tropical Storm Gordon heads to the Midwest after making landfall and causing flooding at the Alabama-Mississippi border. And way out In the Atlantic Ocean, Hurricane Florence has become the first major hurricane of the 2018 season, quickly intensifying into a Category 4 on Wednesday, what one meteorologist called a monster with an unknown track. So, buckle up.
0: So, even though this is our 900th episode of the Green News Report, looks like this may take a few hundred more before we solve this problem. (laughs) I believe so. If you'd like to support our work here, I hope you will stop by bradblog.com slash donate you are the only ones who help the Green News Report continue to connect the climate change dots, which is something I think you'd like to do if only to hear Desi Doyan say "kickapoo" again. <laughs> That's bradblog.com slash donate. You can also find and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your 900th Green News Report.
1: Gamma 45 on so
0: Rock on. Rock on, Desi Doyen. Indeed. Congratulations.
1: <laughs> Thank you. You
0: too. Uh, you know, I'm thinking that uh, I know we got just a few seconds here, but back when we start, we've been beating up a lot on Republicans justifiably today. Oh, yeah. Um, but when we started the Green News Report back in was 2009, it 2009, it was actually Democrats at the time in the U.S. Senate who were holding up climate change legislation.
1: Yeah, they were holding up the cap and trade legislation. Harry Reid, Senate Majority Leader at the time, uh, did not let it come up for a vote, even though Nancy Pelosi dragged it across the threshold in the House yep. and got it passed um, to the detriment of uh, current House members who were then voted out. But she got it done. Harry Reid didn't even bring it up. Uh, Because he thought that they uh, did not have the votes because, you know, he was operating on the old rules where you, you know, do bipartisan discussion and bring it up later. And, of course,
0: yeah, they were worried about uh, coal state Democrats like Joe Manchin and so forth. Um, Time lost. You got I know you got to wonder where we would have where we would be now had that been done way back in 2009. Uh, all right. Anyway, thank you very much, Desi Doyen, and congratulations once again on GNR 900. Thanks to all of you, and by the way, all of our affiliates, uh, many of whom have been carrying the Green News Report since day one. Uh, thank you. Thanks to those of you for tuning in today. If you missed any portion of today's show or any other, download at any time at bradblog.com. You can also find, follow, and share. Our work here by uh, finding me at the Brad Blog and
1: Dro- the Green News Report at Green News Report. We
0: just said that though. So <laughs> I know. there's also uh, you can drop me email. I'm Bradcast at Bradblog.com. And yes, we really do rely on you to stay on your public airwaves, whether it's for the Bradcast or the Green News Report. I still don't know why Exxon or Shell. Uh, oil won't be sponsoring us. I can't figure it out. But until then, I hope we have you. So please stop by bradblog.com donate to help the Energizer battery bunny Desi Doyen keep going as long as we can here. All right, that is it. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.